You found us. Welcome to the Holminster Podcast, a church in the centre of Hull. Your place to worship, enjoy, explore and to belong. If you'd like more information in how you can get involved, visit our website at www.hullminster.org. So this week we're in the second half of chapter 5 of Galatians. Let's recap from the first half of Galatians. Paul has spoken of how we are a church that are saved from being our own gods, that we've been set free into freedom. And that being set free into freedom, that in Christ we've been saved from being our own gods and we've been saved in order to rest underneath the God. We choose to submit to something greater than ourselves. So I wonder this week if I were to ask one of your friends or one of your family to describe your character, what would they say? Perhaps a friend would say you've got a generous heart or maybe they know you've got a selfish heart. It could be that you're a little person or you're someone who builds others up. Maybe you've got a character of peace or you're known as being a faithful friend. I wonder then if we ask God to describe your character, what would God see? What would God share and reveal of who you are? As we journey through the second half of chapter 5, there are points when we've got to hold a mirror up to our own hearts, points of decision. Do we truly want to commit to living in the Spirit, living by the Spirit? Or do we want to live in the identity that we show to others, perhaps even people that we meet at church, Perhaps those ones who are close to us. Do we show them everything of who we are? Or are we sometimes a little bit unrealistic? I'm going to read verses 16 to 18 from chapter 5 now. So I say, live by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. So in you, right now, in me, right now, in all of us right now, there are two opposing forces. For those of us who are believers in Christ, We've submitted your, if you've submitted your life and if, if you're a follower of Jesus, then inside of you and inside of me, there are two opposing forces. One is the Holy Spirit that's sealed in your heart when you confess and submit your life to Jesus Christ. Then you have your flesh, those areas of your heart, areas of your life, the parts of your mind that still desire the things that are not of God. And here's what the Bible has just said. At war in you... At war in me right now are the spirit and the flesh, and they are opposed to one another. The goal of the spirit is not the goal of the flesh. Where the spirit is taking you is not where the flesh is taking you. As Christians, Christ comes into our lives through the Holy Spirit. He comes into your heart, you confess, you repent, you believe in Jesus, and then you begin to follow him. That's, the, I guess, the, the journey of faith. And this is where, I guess, your, your Christ-likeness begins to move you forward more and more. 
And as we become more and more Christ-like, we see those conflicts illuminated, conflicts with the flesh. We can begin to acknowledge that we have seasons where the flesh comes at us, wave upon wave. And those seasons, they can be dark, burdening, weighty, as the spirit and the flesh both promise the same thing, but only one truly delivers. According to the scripture, the promise is freedom. So the Spirit's promise is this. Hey, freedom, we're headed towards freedom. We're we're walking towards freedom. But the flesh seems to be making the same promise. But that's the one of an illusion. And within that lie, that illusion, that fleshly promise, there are two parts that the flesh will throw at you. The first, I've talked about before in this series in Galatians, the old law. As we're reminded there in verse 18, the idea that certain religious practices will gain you status and freedom. Do this, do that, and do these things. That the only way to be justified is through sheer hard work. That in success you can win over your own salvation. And then there's the second false promise. That the flesh brings is that God is not for you. Those parts in our lives where we just think God doesn't care anymore. Or perhaps God is not bringing, he's not after our joy. Maybe God is robbing you of something, robbing you of your freedom. Perhaps you're thinking God is going to take from you. That person you really want to be with, but you know you shouldn't be with perhaps. The desire in your heart you know is dark, that needs to be confessed and repented. You can begin to believe it yourself, perhaps, in those dark, deep places that God, is not, that God is not about your freedom. You must find your own way to fullness of life. Perhaps you can relate to some of those false promises, those illusions of the flesh. If that's the case, you're probably human, because at times all of us have been through those seasons of doubt, those times when we're drawn into the works of the old law, As Paul tells us what to do when that happens, the word says, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. We're no longer under the law. We're we're not believing a certain action creates affections in God's hearts towards us. Not only that, but as well as walking with the Spirit, there's a challenge here to be led by the Spirit. Let's just think about that practically for a moment. If you think about addictions or battles that people are facing, it's so much easier just to identify an problem. Well, I'm labelled. I've got a drug problem. Perhaps I've got a pornography problem. I have an anger problem. It's much easier to, to pick out these external actions and then think, right, I need to work on that external action. But that's arguably missing the point. What we need to do is work on our hearts and on what has led us to take those wrong actions. The work of the Holy Spirit is not about out external actions. It's not about pointing out blame, but about pointing out the places in your hearts where you're refusing to trust God, where you're perhaps refusing to allow God. And then the Holy Spirit wants you to walk in the freedom God has provided for you in Christ, to offer a new way, If we're being led by the Spirit of God, truly led, then we're asking it to guide our hearts, 
not to simply deal with those actions. True freedom is not about trying to modify our behaviour, it's about seeing our hearts transformed by the word, by the gospel. And perhaps the question lies a bit in our motivation. Are we motivated by fear to change or are we motivated by love for God? Paul gets really practical in this passage and he helps us work out what the works of the Father and what the fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit are. So let's read verse 19. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery. As commentator Tim Keller points out, the sinful nature isn't just talking about actions, but it's addressing attitudes too. I always find it funny when this topic of sex comes up in church. People have said to me before, oh, now we shouldn't talk about sex in church. God might be listening. People have literally said that to me. But sex is God's idea. Sex in and of itself is not a bad thing. It shouldn't be a taboo. It's a thing to be celebrated in, to rejoice in, to participate in. God talks about sex. And yet in culture, sex has been used for how it intended. Sex has been cheapened. It's been uncontrolled. And commentators recognise God's intentions are to frame sexual immorality impurity and debauchery in the context of a committed covenant of marriage here and this verse is addressing immoralities excessive indulgences in sex and an impure heart and then the second practical point paul addresses is religion 20 begins idolatry and witchcraft this is setting something up as god that is not a god This is then, I don't know, perhaps trying through magic or through some other means to emulate or copy the works of the Holy Spirit. And the verse goes on, hatred, discord, jealousy, an attitude of hostility is what is described here as a mark of the flesh. That physical feeling when we know we're in the flesh, where jealousy is building. I don't know if you've ever just had things go wrong and you can begin to feel yourself being hostile to someone or in a situation. And as a result of these attitudes come actions of the flesh. As we then read on the next verse, fits of rage, selfish ambition. Perhaps you can relate to dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. So come habits, addictions. They can all be traps that we fall into at times in our lives. Or anything else that you would give yourself fully to in the hope it brings fullness of life rather than through Jesus Christ. Now, of course, with all of this, it's about wisdom and it's about balance. Particularly as a lot of things can be good for us, can bring us no harm until we rely on them to bring fullness of life and satisfaction. If you give yourself over to something other than Jesus Christ to bring the fullness of life, That is what Paul's challenging us. That's where he's saying we are not being led by the Spirit. But the fruit, here's the good news, but the fruit, singular, in verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-will, and against such things there is no law. Now, if it was plural, if it was fruits 
of the Spirit, then we can maybe argue that it's okay to be good at one thing and weak in another area. It's okay to grow here and not grow there. Yet the fruit of the Spirit grow together. That in Jesus Christ, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control and faithfulness are offered for us to holistically grow in all of these. And this fruit is so attractive. I long to be more like this fruit. But we all know it's easy to read it, but it's very, very hard in practice because fruit requires cultivation. It's not automatic. And there's, a, there's a challenge. For me, there's a huge challenge as I read this, to learn to turning back, keep turning our eyes, keep fixing our eyes upon Jesus. He is the example. Say practically, if you've struggled with lust or if you've struggled with addiction, then you build out some defences against those things while you heap on the logs on the fire, as it were, of your heart. You just keep concerning yourself with the person and the works of Jesus. And it is so, so challenging to be honest with each other. These are topics, these are subjects that we don't come up and talk about with each other, even with friends every day. These are things that we often just, just leave out of those conversations. But actually, as, as brothers and sisters, as Christians, we can turn to one another. My hope and my prayer is that as a community, we can grow closer together. That we can share in these struggles that we're all battling in. Whilst growing in the fruit of the Spirit. And the final here is verse 25. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Throughout this passage, there's four big themes here. An invitation to walk by the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, to live by the Spirit. And to keep in step spirit. Let's pray together this evening. Heavenly Father, thank you that you're with us in the midst of these challenges. That you're with us as we seek to walk with you. Turn our backs upon the flesh. Guide us now. Equip us with your strength and your power. And help us grow together as a community of Christians. To be a lean and trusted. Amen. Well, we hope you've enjoyed listening to one of our sermons. If you'd like to learn more about what we do, then follow us on social media or visit our website, www.holminster.org.